Hey, this is Vito. This is Liz. And we are two lovebirds trying to navigate through life, love, and parenting the best we can. Each month, we take on a new challenge in an attempt to deepen our relationship and spice things up a bit. Join us as we share the lessons we learn from all the bumps in the road we travel on. Welcome to the long haul. We are back at it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This, well, you know, you know what, you know where you're at. Welcome to the Long Haul Podcast. Liz is bringing her sexy voice in today. I guess I'm bringing my sexy voice in today. She's bringing sexy back. So, week one, we were not together. No. You left me, you took my family, and you left me, and... They don't keep saying that I took his family and love, because yes. Jovi and I went to Vegas to visit some friends, and... It was horrible. We were gone for four days. Felt like four months. It was horrible, and uh, ne- it's never happening again. Is basically what we learned. <laughs> what we learned this last week was that that's not happening ever again. Okay. Right. No, we didn't agree on that. I agreed on it. We didn't agree on that. You knew that that was part of. Mm, no, no. You keep and saying this. No, and it's your mom even told you. She said, Vito, you understand that she's going to have to go to Texas without you. She's going to have no. to go visit her friends without this you. This conversation never happened. It did. It did. It didn't. Uh, babe, I don't want to go without you. I would love for you to come with me, but your job does not allow you. Yeah. Listen, I'm a free man. Okay. Then okay. why didn't you go? Because I chose not to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because uh-huh. I said, let's go a different time. And you were like, now. I'm going now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was horrible. It was an emotional wreck <laughs> the whole time. So it was really, it was a really trying time for this challenge, uh, which was be impeccable with your word. And let me tell you, I failed miserably. Miserably failure. Mm-hmm. The worst failure of all failures. <laughs> so basically, what we went over last week was you're supposed to speak words of life. You're supposed to uh, not gossip or not um, speak bad about yourself. Speak bad about yourself or about others. Say what you mean. S- well, I said what I meant, and basically, what I learned is everything that I meant was negative. It was a, ve- a very angry individual. When you were gone, uh, I went golfing and mm-hmm. I suck at golfing. You're not so bad. So I did poorly. Okay. So that was not good for the self talk. Okay. <laughs> because the amount of cuss words and you suck. Uh, why are you even here? You're horrible at this. Just it wasn't a good start. <laughs> I think it was the day after you left. I went golfing. Yeah. It yeah. Was the day after and you left. so I was like, this is not good. And then, because you were gone, uh, I was working more, and um, we're not the best communicators at work, and I noticed that I don't like unnecessary arguments. Mm-hmm. Who does? Right. Who does? However... I get, and I don't like this word, but I get extremely triggered when I'm in an argument that doesn't need to be had. Mm -hmm. And I get 
violently upset. Mm -hmm. And not that I start swinging, but I just get like uncontrollable with my anger Mm -hmm. and my words. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I vent for the next two days Mm -hmm. about it. Like I, I allow myself to get hot and stay hot. So, um, that happened when you were gone. So it was just not nice. And then last week, even when we were on the episode, I was not being nice to you. And it was like starting off the whole week, the we whole challenge. Laughing. Okay. So first of all, whenever you say that, like you get hot or angry or triggered, I feel like I never see this side of you ever. Like you're never, I, I don't know. I've maybe seen you angry a couple of times and the angry you that I've seen was a very calm, <laughs> very, the more angry I, I get, the calmer need I get. Some space right now. Yeah. Type of anger. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen this, like just saying whatever angry veto. Right. So yeah, love. That's a good idea. Let's create some ground rules here. I'm not, a, I'm not violent at all. No. At all. Never been in a fight or anything like that. Um, I get quiet when I get angry because I, don't, I know that I'll calm down eventually. I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret. Um, but I'm sure the way that you get angry with your dad and brother at work is a different way that you get angry with like me. Yeah. I try not fight. to bring it home, but sometimes it just like... It's an Bubbles un- over. Yeah. It's an underlying lingering anger and i realized that i i do have a lot of anger in me and that anger in the sense of like the hulk oh i hate everybody but just a lot of um a lot of quote-unquote triggers Mm -hmm. like i just get angry and it's funny because the things that i get angry about are that i don't want anger in my life so like when I, I get angry, I get more angry because I'm angry. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Or if I'm in an argument that doesn't need to be had, I get more upset. Right. That I'm upset because mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. Because I know that it does. It's so unnecessary, and I don't know how to handle the unnecessary part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it makes me upset. Yeah. So I failed miserably. Did you fail miserably? Uh, I don't feel like I did at all. Um, I was out of town for most of it. There was one time that I was very conscious that I was not being impeccable with my word when I was gossiping about somebody and I knew it and I did it anyways. Um, but I did catch myself a couple times, like wanting to ask a couple people about a couple things that had happened. And I didn't because I was like, then it's just going to turn into gossiping and it doesn't really matter. You know, so mm-hmm. I didn't. And then I was proud of myself for not bringing it up. Um, and I feel like most of my time in Vegas was just catching up with people. Like, what's going mm-hmm. on in your life? What's going on in my life? Like, how, you know, it, there was really nothing, you know. Yeah. And I realized that my self-talk really isn't that bad. Like, I don't beat myself up that much. I feel like I give myself quite a bit of grace. But... The area where I, where I talk about myself is just like when I feel like I'm not doing enough, Mm -hmm. which is then why we have those conversations that are triggering to me because then I feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. 
Um, and then we were listening back to last week's episode and I was laughing. So we were talking about being impeccable <laughs> with our word. And then we went on to argue and just like nitpick things about each other <laughs> and drive each other crazy. Um, which is kind of not the total of opposite challenge. of what we we're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you mean. Like if something's bothering, if you're doing something that's bothering me, mm-hmm. I think it's important to say it, not let things build, build, but like, where's the line of like, Hey, you're doing this thing that's bothering me, you know, yeah, def- versus like, yeah say what you mean for sure but from a loving place right and after you were listening to our podcast and and pointed out to me i was like wow you're an idiot you know that's what i said to myself so super impactful (laughs) with my work but then i was like why aren't you i'm like if you can be anything why not be kind right someone said that that's a that's a quote that's Mm -hmm. a saying and then all day or all night tonight Right. You were like, you're just being sarcastic. You're just well, being, you're being too like, nice. You're being so kind. And I'm like, what do you want? No, because I was like, all right, <laughs> don't be a don't be a dick tonight. And I'm not normally. But um, I was like, just be nice. Like, think of everything nice you could say without lying. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it felt really good. Mm-hmm. It felt good to be nice to you. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always nice to you, yes. but it felt good to like go out Just of my way yeah, to be extra nice and not lying. I wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually wanted to like help. I mm-hmm. wanted to, it like it, it snowballed the kindness snowballed into action, mm-hmm. you know, me wanting to be kind through action. Yeah, it was really nice of you to do the dishes. And it was nice that we did it together because mm-hmm. then it like you're doing them and I was wiping them and putting them away. And then normally it's when I do them, clean. I'm just like tired. Like once I wash them and there's a huge pile drying, I'm like, well, I'm not going to dry them all and put them away now. Like I'll just let them dry overnight and put them away tomorrow. Right. right. I just found it super interesting how I told myself, okay, be super nice without lying. Because I know you don't like, well, no one likes lying. Uh, and I wasn't being sarcastic at all. And then... Because I was looking for all of the positive things, I had more energy. Mm. Like I had more energy where normally, because I was working all day in the rain today, and it was not fun at all. And um, it was like cold because I was raining. It was almost wet and stuff. So normally I'd be like, I need to just lay down. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to just really lay down. But because I was finding all of the positive things about you, I just wanted to help you. I wanted to be around you more. I wanted, you know, it was uh, it was just nicer to be around you. Well, it's interesting. Because of my mindset change, you know? Right. Well, I was going to say, like, it's interesting, though, that when you said, well, when I chose to see the positive, like, I had more energy. That's because negativity is so draining. Mm-hmm. And it, it is easy. It's easy to come home and just be like, I mean, I, I definitely have those moods too where it's like, well, this is wrong and this isn't done and this could happen or I should be doing that. And, you know, it's so easy to look for those things instead of being like, guess what? Like, we're all busy. Life is hard for everyone mm-hmm. and we're all doing our best. So why don't we like see the best? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if you can choose anything, why not choose to see the positive? Mm-hmm. Like when you and I both have hard days, they're hard in very different ways. Right. Very different ways. Extremely different, yeah. But it doesn't mean, and you've said that to me before too, when you're like, 
I'm tired. I'm like, babe, I'm tired because yeah. I've been Whenever up with I a baby. I'm tired. You're like, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm like, okay, I know you're tired, but me being tired doesn't make you less right. tired. Like we can both be tired. Right. It doesn't mean like I'm more tired than it's not a competition right. for who's more tired. We can both be tired. Like your job's very physically demanding, emotionally demanding. Um, and being a mom is that too, you know, in, in a different way. So, mm-hmm. um, that's cool that you noticed that though. Yeah. It was actually a lot of fun to be overly nice. And there's, you know, when, as I'm saying it, I'm sure people are like, Oh, it, it's not, it's fake. It's not fake. Mm-hmm. Like, don't lie. I wasn't lying. I've made that one of my rules, you know, be overly nice without lying. Or without being sarcastic, because sarcasm is super negative. Um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I, I just had more energy. I and it was only for a, a half a day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I definitely learned a lot from this week <laughs> on uh, needing to be more positive and also needing to change my environment to in, in inspire me to be more positive. Mm-hmm. Instead of, uh, you know, a part of like Nelson Mandela being thrown in prison and like Mm -hmm. still finding a way to choose his own happiness. Yeah. Or like Viktor Frankl, the As a Man Thinketh. It's a book about this guy. He's in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the name of the book. That's not the name of it. I think that's the name of it. I'll have to correct myself. But either way, this guy went through the Holocaust and found a way to make every day like a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's possible. However, I do know too, if you're in, you know, can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen sort of thing. If you're like somewhere hot and you're trying to be cold, it's going to be a lot harder. Right. You know, so changing my environment i think is going to be something that happens in the near future yeah however Um, that happens i don't know yet but right right um did you ever catch yourself saying like speaking negatively saying something bad about yourself and then stopping yourself and replacing it with a positive thought yeah when i was golfing i was it was a lot of it was a lot of (laughs) bad talk and then i was like you know what just have fun you know if you have a good practice swing be like hey nice swing Mm -hmm. i'd be like yep that's the one but then immediately hit a bad shot and be like that's not the one yeah (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. uh so i tried i think it's my it is my operating what are they called my mo or whatever Mm -hmm. where i just go to what's wrong instead of what's right yeah and I learned that this week, and uh, I definitely have to change that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't always like that. When I was in college and I was going through the coaching course and stuff, and I was alone a lot, I noticed that I was much more positive and optimistic and hopeful, um, and I would work diligently on my self-talk and then as I got I'm, I'm just going through a, a, a life phase right now in my mm-hmm, head mm-hmm. just getting some 
realizations. Yeah. As we speak. Um, yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of my brain breaking. Yes. Totally off topic. But this morning I was driving to work. Oh, my God. And this girl drove, this girl passed me, and it was like this cute blonde, blonde girl. She drove past me, and I was like, oh, like I never, usually at that early in the morning, it's just like blue collar guys you know drinking coffee so it took me by surprise this is like white blonde chick in her upper 20s and then so she pulled in front of me and then she was exiting and i pulled next like in front she of was her exiting yeah, off, yeah, so yeah. you were driving past right and i pulled past her and it was a black girl and i was like my brain's broken i for sure saw like but you said One same, thing. like, cute upper oh, 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. S- same, yeah. So then I was like, <laughs> I was like, maybe her friend's in the passenger seat. Nobody else in the car. <laughs> so I saw a white girl, and then I saw a black girl. Same person. Yeah. And my brain broke. And I couldn't get it back to normal for a good three minutes. <laughs> it hurt my head. Because you were like, I'm delusional. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm losing it, or no, I'm just losing it for sure. Mm-hmm. And both girls were really cute. Oh. <laughs> Whoever it was. Um, that was so funny. Yeah, that's so weird. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe my brain's not working. I wonder if that's a thing. Uh, um, probably. I'm sure it is. Like seeing things that aren't there? Mm-hmm. I don't it read sounds it like too, I have too mental much problems. now. Yeah, don't read too much into it right now. It's early in the morning. Um, so last week I said that we would share some like Bible verses about words and their importance. And so I'm going to share a couple. Um, one is Proverbs 18.4. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Another one's Proverbs 18.20. Proverbs 18 is apparently where it's at. <laughs> Words, satif- words satisfy the soul as food satisfies the stomach. The right words on a person's lips bring satisfaction. Isn't the word word in the Bible used like the most out of anything? Mm, I don't know about that. So. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Um, no, I mean. I think the reason why be impeccable with your word is the first agreement. And it is one of those things that um, makes a massive impact in your life, I think, is because it is the very thing that creates life, right? Like, even biblically. This, like, this next verse, it's from Proverbs 18, too. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Yeah. So you can But e- even in like Genesis, God spoke mm-hmm. life into existence. Right, right. And and everything and going into the next agreement, it talks about too how everything in our life is how we make it. It's how we perceive it. Mm-hmm. Um and the way you describe something, like if there were no words ever. Mm-hmm. How would you know you were wet if you couldn't describe it? Mm-hmm. 
how would you know? Right. I mean, you would know because you would feel it. But you can't describe I'm standing it. Standing in the pouring. But what rain, are you rain. feeling? Right. You you use your uh, you'd use your sensations. You don't have to have a word to describe it. How would you even know what sensations were? Because you would if you, feel if, them. If, right. Yeah. No. If you really think about it, I would smell something. I would taste something. I would see something. I would touch something. That's that's all great in theory, but you're thinking about it in a from a perspective of somebody who has had language their whole life. No, but you'd still experience those things even if you didn't have the words to express them or the words to describe them. No. Yes. No. Yes. The experience would be there. Right. But you wouldn't know what it was because you couldn't describe it. Right. It could be based on feeling, though. That's what I'm saying. Sure. You would feel things, but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know. I felt warmth. I felt love. I felt... Right, but you wouldn't know what it was. I know, but you'd still... Just roll with me here. Whatever. Let's play a game of what if. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Words are extremely, extremely important. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's... I think the quality of our life is 100% in proportion to the... I guess the quality of how we explain things or how we use our words. Yeah. Um, I like this verse that says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because it's not just the words in your mouth, it's the meditation of your heart. Like, did you, I don't know if your mom ever told you, but my mom would always say, out of the, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So if I was like talking nasty or whatever, she'd be like, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even go the step further and say, what you say will change your heart. Right, like just by saying nice things to you, everything about me changed. Mm-hmm. Everything I was feeling, all my energy changed. Yeah. And when I, and I'm I'm upset and I'm speaking nasty things, I get more upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when you wake up in the morning, let's say you wake up and you're, and you're at just neutral, right? You mm-hmm. just wake up. Whatever you say or think is going to next affect how you feel no mm-hmm. well that's why like or like if i wake up and i go oh, <laughs> i'm not gonna feel good after that right i feel like that's why i sent you that verse a while ago the whatever is true whatever is just whatever is noble like think on these things because i feel like when you're meditating on something when you're thinking on something that shifts your mindset. And th- that's something I've been telling myself. So if I'm having like bad thoughts or worrisome thoughts, I'm like, okay, like last night in bed, I had watched this movie, which isn't even like a scary movie, but there's like a weird turn at the end, whatever. And I had this like part of it stuck in my head and I was like, oh, I don't want to think about this before bed. So I was like, okay, what's, what is lovely? What is true? What is like, mm-hmm. I was like trying to think of those things. Um, because that does, I mean, it shifts your mentality. It shifts your attitude. It shifts everything. Everything, yeah. So I feel like it, it is all combined. Like out of the out of the mouth, the heart speaks. But what you speak can affect your heart for sure. I mean, I feel like that's part of like fake it till you make it almost, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, I think too, and that's what I was going to bring up next was even though what's good about doing these challenges is even though this last week I did the opposite of what we were supposed to do. I learned so much. Yeah. 
and I had a lot of realizations and a lot of eye-opening experiences. And uh, it's not about doing things perfectly, obviously, Mm -hmm. because that's not how things are going to go all the time. It is about learning and learning about yourself and learning about your partner and, and maybe about life. And this week I learned a lot about myself, even though, according to the challenge, I didn't do it <laughs> at all. Well, I did the opposite. part of the challenge is that just because the week's over doesn't mean you have to stop being impeccable with your word. It's like that was the challenge for the week, but then we carry that into the next week with the next challenge. Mm-hmm. Like you continue to work on being impeccable with your word. Yes. So I continue to work on being so, impeccable with my word. Don Miguel Ruiz uh, is a great author because the second agreement is rolling right out of the first. So the second agreement is don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I get hot about is things that I take personally. Yeah. Okay. So it says personal important. Jeez Louise. Do you want me to read it? No. I, <laughs> I can read. I am smart. I is smart. I is kind. I is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read some wisdom here um, from the from the book. So taking things personally makes you easy prey for those predators who try to send you emotional poison. Mm-hmm. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you all their emotional garbage. When you take it personally, you eat it up and now it becomes your garbage. But if you don't take it personally, you are immune to their poison. You will not eat it. Immunity to emotional poison is the gift of this agreement. I mean, this book came out before social media was a big thing. And that just makes me think of social media, all the opinions and like somebody leaves one bad comment and somebody is just like distraught over Mm -hmm. it. And it's like that person hooked you with their emotional poison. Mm -hmm. Like you can't let them have any grasp on you at all. Yeah, I think too, and you can relate it to this time is when you're having conversations with people and they're not getting what you're saying, and you're saying it very logically. It's very easy to say, oh, this person is living in their own world Mm -hmm. by their own sets of facts, by their own sets of opinions. And it's very easy to see that when you're saying something and they're hearing something completely different, it's easier to not take it personally because you can see, oh, hey, this person is not in this world and this book kind of goes into um how we're all in our own worlds Mm -hmm. and the way we see things is not the way someone else will see see something and that all seven billion of us see the same thing different yeah so to take something personally doesn't make logical sense because the person who is saying something to you is saying something to you based off of their reality or their world. Um, Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense. And I feel like I take things more personally with people who know me best. So like you. Mm-hmm. 
you know me really, really well. So I guess I just assume you're living in my reality. <laughs> and so when you say something, I take it personally because I'm like, well, you know me. Mm-hmm. You know this thing. Mm-hmm. And you obviously hate me because mm-hmm. of whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like it's easier to do it for me, at least with people closest to me versus people that I have no attachment to. Yeah. Who like, oh, like when I was in Vegas, (laughs) when I was in Vegas driving, um, I'm, so it was a two lane road. Well, four lanes. So two going the way I'm going. And this lady pulled into the turning lane and she was eventually going to get into my lane. So I'm like driving, but she stops in the turning lane. And so, and I'm just driving by and I have the right of way. And then she starts to merge into my lane. And so I have to kind of swerve around her. And then I'm stopped at a red light and she pulls up behind me, but then like jerks her car to the left so she can look in my rear view mirror and like throws her hands up in the air. And I like glance at her, then I just look away. And I honestly just like didn't have any thought toward it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's easy to be like, well, this a-hole and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever, lady. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Well, and in her world. You were you were a problem, and she was super upset with you. Right, even though I had the right away and did nothing wrong. Right, right, and she took it personally. Yeah, that you were driving but away. But I was, that and then after after that happened, I was thinking how easy it is to get worked up in traffic, and I do. Oh yeah. But the only time that I really do is when I'm late, when I'm running late, and I'm hitting every red light, and I'm behind the slow guy, and I'm whatever, and I'm like, and then that's my problem because mm-hmm. I'm the one running late and my dad always told me growing up obviously it didn't sink in he said hurry at home not on the road mm-hmm. he's like if you have to be somewhere you hurry at home not on the road and and that's true I'm like I need to give myself plenty of time to be somewhere and because I realized that's when I I honestly get down on myself when I'm like being late mm-hmm well, the things that you, so you're saying that the people who know you best is when you take it personally. And I would say, yeah, for sure. Uh, not on everything though. Yeah. You take it personally on the things that you already tell yourself you need work with. Well, but that's also like, so what this guy says, he goes on to say with the taking it personally, how somebody reacts to you is based on their own triggers. So when you say something to me and I take it personally and I react to you, you can't take it personally because that's based on my own triggers. Right. Not on you. There's this video when the internet first kind of came out in its early days where this guy, he was like a street performer, maybe homeless. He was playing a trumpet or a saxophone or something. And this middle-aged man was yelling at him. And he was, like, critiquing him. But this was the kind of guy who you can tell got bullied a lot. And he was critiquing him in a way where you can tell this is exactly what somebody had told this guy. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you're flat. You're flat. You don't even know how to play. You're playing this, and it's not that. And it's like, he's obviously a street performer. He's not trying to go pro. Like, he's just playing, you know? And the, But the guy who was yelling at him was so specific and so, like, you can hear the trauma behind mm-hmm. what he was saying to this street performer. And I remember watching it, and people were like, wow, look how mean this guy was. And all I saw was a hurt person. Mm-hmm. 
like you because his critiques were so specific like you know that this and the guy who the street performer was ignore like not yelling back i think he knew too he was not yelling back he was just trying to get out of the way or like move and but the guy kept like cornering him and was like yelling the guy the street performer was not threatened he was a younger bigger guy and uh, i remember just thinking like man somebody said horrible things to this guy and now he is projecting all of his insecurities and all of his anger towards someone else Mm -hmm. and i think at a, a lesser level we do that all day long yeah you know, the things that I point out that I don't like about you or my friends or family, whatever, are mostly all things that I don't like about myself. Mm-hmm. I think if they're, thing- if they're not things that you don't like about yourself, there are things that you don't like that you allow into your life, too. Explain. If that makes sense. So if, like, if let's say there's a, like a family member and there's just this thing that you really don't like about them. It might be something that, yes, you don't like about yourself, but it could also be the fact that there's not a boundary there and you allow them to treat you a certain way. Mm, Right. Like, I don't, I don't like this about you, but I don't like that. I am tolerating this or allowing myself to be affected by this thing by you Mm -hmm. type thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of like putting up a boundary and being like, listen, like this is your crap. This is my crap or the, I don't, sorry, that's like not how we, mm-hmm. how we deal. And then not taking it personally and like knowing that this, or like just not, you don't like it because you're affected by it basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that has to do with too, I don't, when I, when I get worked up that I'm having a, a stupid argument. You know, it's like, why am I even allowing this? Like, why am I even participating? Why am I participating? Right, right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, because you're part of the stupid argument at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Right. Um, good call, babe. So, some more wisdom from the book. Uh, He writes, "Don't take anything personally, because by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing." Even the opinions you have about yourself are not necessarily true. Therefore, you don't need to take whatever you hear in your own mind personally. Whoever you go, I'm sorry, wherever you go, you will find people lying to you. And as your awareness grows, you will notice that you also lie to yourself. Do not expect people to tell you the truth because they also lie to themselves. Even if others lie to you, it's okay. They are lying to you because they are afraid you will discover that they are not perfect. It is painful to take off our social masks. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when it says, that kind of hit me when it said, um, don't even take personally what you say to yourself, like in your own mind. Because uh, it's just like, literally, these are thoughts like floating in and out of our minds and we assign meaning to them. Right. So when I do something stupid, I'm like, oh, you're so stupid. Which isn't true. Right. I'm amazing and a genius. But <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like, you know, if I tell myself like, oh, you're stupid. Like, honestly, if, if that ever does come up, I, I know that I'm not. Mm-hmm. But like assign no meaning to it and let it go. Mm-hmm. Because those thoughts, it's hard, it's hard 
to break the intrusive thoughts. Like it's easy to be like, okay, just replace this lie with a new one. Mm -hmm. But when you have intrusive thoughts about yourself, like negative self-talk, it's so hard to break that habit. And it takes like practice and practice and practice. So I feel like the impeccable with your word is good. Cause you're like, okay, no, what is true of me? Mm -hmm. But when that thought comes, you can be like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a thought. Right. Right. So the next thing he says is you have to trust yourself and choose to believe or not to believe what someone says to you. If others say one thing, but do another, you are lying to yourself if you don't listen to their actions. But if you are truthful with yourself, you will save yourself a lot of emotional pain. Telling yourself the truth may hurt, but you don't need to be attached to the pain. Mm-hmm. So do you know what I think of when he says, um, listen to people's act- actions and not their words? Mm-hmm. What? Is, is actually our relationship because it was like the first time in my life I felt like things were opposite because normally guys like, yeah, I like you, but he doesn't really call you or whatever. But you were like opposite. You're like, no, I don't want a girlfriend, but I want to FaceTime you every day and talk to you all the time and tell you that I really like, you know what I mean? Like you no. were like opposite and I'm no. like, but your actions don't meet your words. And it's frustrating because it was like opposite. And I'm like, if you didn't like me, you wouldn't call me all the time, but you just couldn't stop boo. You were lying to yourself. I think like when I say things like when I give you a hard time, I'm like, ooh, that girl is cute. Right. And I'll, I'll just like, cause I'm a, I'm a jerk. I don't feel like. Right. You don't feel like I actually think it because I don't. Because I can't my even a- think of a situation. Um, I don't know. The moral of my story is that like my actions show you that like I'm attracted to you. Yeah. Right. Even, even but though that doesn't like, mean that other people aren't attractive. No. N- I'm really confused by yeah, your example. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to describe. Like, I'll say things just to say them to you, to razz you on them. You love my, pushing my buttons. Right, right, right. Love right. pushing my it's buttons. It's one of my love languages. It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you just love it. But I feel like I'm allowed to because my actions aren't that, aren't pushing your buttons. Yeah. But it's still fun for me. I, it is fun for you. It's and I eventually laugh after being frustrated. Yeah. So you are never responsible for the actions of others. You are only responsible for you. When you truly understand this and refuse to take things personally, you can hardly be hurt by the careless comments or actions of others. You can travel around the world with your heart completely open. You can say, I love you without fear of being rejected. You can ask for what you need without guilt or self-judgment. You can choose to follow your heart always and live with inner peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. All because you are never responsible for the actions of others. You are only responsible for you. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship once where um, I would try to say and do the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I said or do, it wasn't it. And I would try to be perfect. And it it took a couple of years until I finally realized what he just said there. That nothing I can say or do will determine how this person lives their life. Mm-hmm. And until I fully accepted that, I couldn't move on. 
and I couldn't have that peace or happiness because I was trying to basically control what another person felt in their life. And that's not, I can't, I can't do that with you. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with our daughter. I can't do that with our family members. And you can't do that with me. You're responsible for you. And I'm responsible for me. And um, we can be good partners. Right. You know, it doesn't excuse you from Mm -hmm. being a good human. Uh, It it excuses you from taking on the other person's garbage. Well, yeah. Like in what you said, like we can be good partners. I feel like probably a lot of people listening and definitely you and I, we've been in relationships where we felt it was our job to fix the other person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people have, they're like, a lot of people ha- do want to help people. And they're like, I'm, I love this person. They're just dealing with this one thing and I'm going to help them fix it. Mm-hmm. But we think it's our job to fix it. Like if we love them enough or we teach them enough or we mm-hmm. show them, and I'm going to show you how good of a person you are so that you believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not our job. And I feel like you were the first relationship that I had where I don't feel like there was ever any trying to fix each other. It was being there for each other and then inspiring each other. And Mm -hmm. like you would push me to take control, like to own my own stuff. Like not, not you being like, I got, I'm going to fix you. Mm. It's like, Hey, you have this thing going on. You need to like get help for it. Or you need Mm -hmm. to like, what's, what's blocking you, Mm -hmm. you know, like more like helping me where I'm at. Um, but not like trying to fix me. I feel like it was definitely the first relationship where I felt like I was a partner and I wasn't trying to take on somebody else's heavy load. Right. And that's, that's an important distinction because it's good to want to help people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where it becomes a problem is when, well, one, you take the other person's uh, happiness or change as a direct, uh, as a direct, um, what's the word? Indication of you, mm-hmm. like, oh, did I do enough? Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And then two, if you take on their load which is not what we're called to do. So even if you are helping somebody and they're not receiving the help, if you're not taking on that garbage or that load, then you'll be able to actually help them more. Mm-hmm. But especially when it comes to relationships, when we become intimately involved, when we take on the our partner's stuff, we're no longer able to help them get through it because mm-hmm. we're in it with them. Yeah. Right, it's called like detached involvement or something, or yeah, or whatever. Like in the beginning, when we were, or even when you went through stuff in the last whatever couple of years with with some of your relationships, I would get upset. I you know I would get upset seeing you upset, but I would never take on. I would never try to feel what you're feeling, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to get sucked into where you're at. I want to help you through it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And even in the beginning, like you were saying, when I would notice there was stuff, I had gone through years of trying to do it myself and I was like, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to point it out and help you through it if you need it, but I'm not going there with you. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because yeah. you can't use the same mentality that got you into the problem out of the problem. Right. That's a saying too. I don't know who said it. <laughs> um, one thing that I'm, I'm with taking it personally, because I feel like, yes, I do it mostly with people super close to me. Um, and I will say that when I'm more aware of it, when I'm like, oh, I need to not like this challenge this week will be good for me. Because when I'm aware of it, I do pretty well with it what my problem is and it's an extremely selfish problem is that I'm afraid other people are going to take my actions personally so like this next week I need to have a hard conversation with somebody and I'm like they are going to think that I hate them they're going to think that I'm selfish they're going to think that I'm trying to whatever and it's like no this has nothing to do with you this has to do with me, my passion, the direction that I'm going, you know? Right. Like, and even if whoever you're having a hard conversation with did take it personally. Then I can't take it personally. Right. Back. That's on them. Right. But I think that's that that's where stuff. the ping pong effect with happens with me taking it personally is if I, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have an honest adult conversation with you. Then you take it personally. Then I take it personally because I'm like, oh, I hurt this person's feelings. I Because I'm right. very non-confrontational. So I'm like, I really don't want to upset this person. Right. And that's where it's like, I'm worried about them taking what I'm saying personally. You're and then I'm going to take it personally back. You're worried that they're going to be hurt by what you say. But them being hurt isn't your responsibility. Right. Because I'm not doing anything hurtful. That's the thing. Right. I'm not doing something hurtful. Right. At all. So, um, yeah. I feel like it's... Yeah. For me, this will be a good week for me to practice that since yeah. I have that conversation. Absolutely. And I just thought of this when you were talking to kind of bring it full circle to our the spiritual side of this podcast. Um, it's easier to not take things personally when we understand the truth of our nature. Mm-hmm. Right? So if someone's like, you're an idiot. You suck at life. I hate you. Look how ugly you are. Um, if we're, if we allow that to hurt us, that's our, what people call our ego getting hurt. Mm -hmm. But if we truly understand our true nature, which is, what is it, babe? What's our true nature? I don't know. Like what God designed us to be like. We are, let's say a child of god right we are a product of love made from love by love of love Mm -hmm. we are an ever growing positive energy force let's say that's our true nature right we're born in the image of god we're born perfect so our true nature is that Mm mm-hmm so how could anything anybody says be taken like as true personally yeah. right like if someone if someone said to me everything that i'm insecure about my ego is pretty strong so i'd probably be hurt but if i stopped and thought about my true nature and it's not just mine it's yours it's whoever's listening it would be you would be like you'd be bulletproof mm-hmm. 
you know because mm-hmm. you'd be like it's so not true well, i think cause it's it, so blatantly I think not then, true though in order to recognize your true nature then you're tapped into your true source of love with god mm-hmm. and if you fully recognized and accepted that love which we can't even comprehend then yeah nothing else would matter yeah and i think to get there we just have to practice living there Right, we have to continually remind ourselves that we're a product of love, and that as long as you're acting, did you just feel a baby kick? Mm-hmm. Like a flutter, or like I've a kick? I've been feeling like kicks. Really? Yeah, I don't. Not think indigestion? You can f- no, I don't know if you can feel them on the outside yet, but <sighs> you kind of jumped up there. Yeah, because I was sitting weird, and then the baby like kicked me. Yeah, the baby's like, "Hallelujah, preach." <laughs> I know. Um. Do you understand what I'm saying, though? I do. Does it make sense? I do. Or am I just talking? No, it does make sense. Um, And I think that that's like kind of the point of all of this is to live. I mean, it's all the four agreements is all about making these new agreements with yourself because you're breaking all those old lies that we've believed. Mm -hmm. Like one of the lies, one of the agreements that I made with myself as a very young version of myself was that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And that started with my eating disorder when I was 13. Mm. And although I thankfully no longer suffer with that at all anymore, there's still times where I'm like, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel when I'm like, oh, the house is messy and I haven't made dinner and this, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom. I'm not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And those things are very deep rooted. And that's why I recommend if you're listening to read the book, because it takes you it talks about that, those things that you told yourself when you were five or six years old. Like one of the examples in the book that, that I remember was this little kid who would, who had like a play. Um, oh no, they loved to sing. So they'd always go around the house just singing, singing, singing. And one day their mom was just having this awful, awful day. And she was just like, shut up. You're a terrible singer. And then this kid was like, I'm a horrible singer. And believe that their whole life, even though that they loved singing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, and then they were terrified of like singing in front of people, anything like that. And it wasn't until they were an adult and they recognized that this came from their mom having a bad day one day when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And they were able to like, be like, that doesn't matter, you know, like kind of go back. So there's little things that happen in our lives that we've told ourselves over and over, whether it was a kid we all, I think we all have a memory of a kid on a playground being mean to you. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Uh, like I remember in fourth grade getting made fun of for my unibrow. And up to that point, I never knew that I had one. I think I got made fun of, but I didn't know I was getting made fun of. <laughs> you were also a very confident kid, which I was not. Yeah, I was brutally confident. Which is awesome. Um. But I was also very quiet. Yeah, I was not. Um, but I just, I didn't, you know, you have like certain memories of when somebody said something to you. Mm-hmm. Like a memory that I have that that's not good, <laughs> I guess, is when my ex and I broke up, I was not eating well. I was drinking and going out, just not taking care of myself. I was working out a ton. And I had lost some weight and it wasn't in a healthy way. 
at all. And I ran into him. Um, and he, and he goes, he's like, you look great. And I was like, thank you. And he goes, damn, why couldn't have you looked like this when we were together? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what a loser. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, he knew I had an eating disorder. Yeah. Like, so, and, and my eating disorder was really bad for like the next few years before I got healing. Mm-hmm. And that was like a hurtful thing to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is somebody that I was intimate with mm-hmm. who is like, why couldn't have you looked like this when we were together? And I'm like, F you, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's so hurtful. Going back now, like saying it, I don't feel hurt or affected by yeah. it. But it's like something that sticks out that somebody said to you. Why do you think you don't feel hurt? I think because I think first of all, because I've healed past all of that. Like I, I did a lot of work to get past the eating disorder and to be comfortable with my body and like who I am and what he says doesn't matter. You know, like mm-hmm. his words have no weight over me anymore. Yeah. At the time they did, we had been broken up for a couple months, Yeah, you know, and, and he knew that I had an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. So I don't know why he would say that to me, Yeah, but, um, but now I'm like, that's whatever. a, per- that's a person with a lot of garbage. Yeah. Right. I guess. I don't know. I just, I don't put any, I mean, like I said, any weight toward it, but it's, I feel like we have those things where you just kind of remember somebody telling you something. Yeah. I don't know if I have that. I mean, (laughs) no, I think, I think maybe in my, in my past relationships, um, relationship, I think, uh, I don't know if she specifically said that I was a liar or if she just, her continuous not believing, believing what I say. Yeah. And I told myself I was a liar mm-hmm. because I was like, I'd have to be if she doesn't believe me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of, I would say that stuff came later on in my life. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, that was like in my 20s when that happened my late 20s yeah same same yeah so but i mean you just like remember those specific things that that people may have said to you and um i don't know where i was going at the beginning of this i don't know um oh yeah how you make truths with yourself like when you're younger oh, sure, and, then, sure. and then it happens over time like then people reaffirm it right so then he was well, reaffirming. Then you're looking for it oh, I'm not good enough. I couldn't have been good enough when we were together. I'm probably not going to be good enough for the next person. Yeah. You know, so it, then you have people reaffirming things throughout your life. So in the book, it's really good because it takes you through those situations and you can write them down and be like, wow, like I didn't realize that when this said, I was reaffirming this truth. Mm. And then you can break those and build new ones. Yeah. Like I am enough. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh a good read mm-hmm. this is why we chose it yeah so not taking anything personally this week is going to be a challenge when you push in my buttons yeah. <laughs> um when i have hard conversations and uh yeah and continuing to be impeccable with your word because i i feel like all of these are going to flow together right because when you take something personally, then you're probably telling yourself something negative in your mind. 
and being impeccable with your word is not talking bad about yourself. Yeah. So it'll be a chance to practice both. Yeah. Maybe someone needs to hear this. Okay. Maybe not. Or maybe we'll see. If someone is not treating you with love and respect, it is a gift if they walk away from you. If that person doesn't walk away, you will surely endure many years of suffering with him or her. Walking away may hurt for a while, but your heart will eventually heal. Then you can choose what you really want. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I just opened it. I think it that, that goes page. for like friendships, business yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it goes back to that, that saying that's like hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So the world's kind of full of hurt people that are hurting each other. And uh, and the book, The Four Agreements, we might even say we're hurt because we're not impeccable with our word mm-hmm. and we take things personally. And right. the two other ones. But mm-hmm. I think uh, if we practice these things, maybe we w- will be a little less hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the point of like... I know I need it. Yeah, of the not taking things personally too is like not only breaking that agreement with yourself as a kid when your mom like yelled at you and told you that you can't sing... But also not taking personally what she said because recognizing that she did the best she could based on what she knew at the time. And the intention wasn't to like crush your spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like almost going back and not taking things personally from your past because people are in their own realities. They're living their own life. And for the most part, people are not trying to intentionally hurt you. Right. They're just doing their own thing operating out of their own truths and their hurts as well and so it's like oh when this thing happened it really had nothing to do with me Mm. yeah and it's uh it's it might be easier for some people to get there but once you're there man there's a different level of freedom that comes from that you read something earlier about triggers but you didn't read it on the podcast I, i did yeah about the um, not taking anything personally. Basically, how other people are acting out of their own personal triggers and not. I mean, you don't have to find it. It's it basically was just saying like, when people not taking things personally because they're acting out of their own triggers that have nothing to do with you. In the same way, others are going to have their opinion according to their belief system. Nothing they think about me is really about me. It is about them. If I understand this, then when you get mad at me, I know you are dealing with yourself. I am the excuse for you to get mad. You may even tell me, Miguel, what you are saying is hurting me. But it is not what I'm saying that is hurting you. It is that you have wounds that I touch by what I have said. You are hurting yourself. There is no way that I can take this personally. Not because I don't believe in you or don't trust you, but because I know that you see the world with different eyes. With your eyes. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. I feel like you said the word triggers in there, but maybe not. But that's basically it. No, I think earlier I was talking to you about things that trigger me. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of those are things that are like comments that I take personally Mm -hmm. and then I get triggered. Yeah. Like when I say something and then certain people go like or roll their eyes even. Dude, it's like Wiley Coyote blows up. It's bad. Just, I just start yelling. Which I have never seen in my life, so. You haven't seen me yell? I don't think I've ever heard you yell in my life. I've, I've heard you raise your voice. How loud have I raised my voice? I would I've never say raised my voice to you. When we were arguing over some parental decisions when I was pregnant with Jovi, there was some pretty heated arguments where we both raised our voices but not yeah that's I about as loud as i get you yelled that's about as loud as i get maybe i have a picture in my head <laughs> that <laughs> like i'm like me being, being super angry and in reality i'm just kind of mad yeah i don't like being mad so when i feel mad it bothers me like you know it's bigger in my mind mm-hmm. because i know that it I doesn't have to be this way. You and I are different when we see red. When I see red, I explode outward, and I think you turn inward. Like, if I'm so mad that I see red, I'm like, ah, and you you're like, start inward. And yelling. <laughs> yeah. Um, you go on these, like, spiral, you said this, and that I'm the worst person, and I suck as a mom, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't say any of those things. That's not me seeing red. I haven't seen red in a long time. When was the last time you saw red? Oh, I don't know. It's been months. Months? Months. I can't even remember. Like, that I was so mad that I saw red. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure you have. Yeah? Yeah. All right, well. (laughs) I don't want to say it on here, but... Let's try to limit those times. (laughs) I feel like they have been pretty limited and I feel like they've gotten better since we've worked through things and understood like reminding each other we're on the same team. We're for each other, not against each other Mm -hmm. and just trying to make decisions together. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. I'm excited for this week and I'm definitely going to, to keep the momentum from what I learned from last week. And I think what helps is like, there was a couple days when I was gone, I just like texted you saying be impeccable with your word today. So I feel like reminding each other, mm-hmm. like, hey, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Because for me, I know I forget throughout the day, but that's the same for me with like praying and connecting with God. In the morning, like I say a prayer and then at night I say a prayer and mm-hmm. then I'm like, God, like remind me during the day to connect with you. Like I, mm-hmm. when things happen, be like, oh, thank you. Or, you know, like just mm-hmm. like after I got home, Last night, it wasn't until I was laying in bed that I was like, oh, God, like, thank you that we made it home safe. You know, mm-hmm. like, just like reminding to connect throughout the day, like those little reminders. So if you are doing this with somebody or you have somebody that can help hold you accountable, um, ask them to text you every day. Yeah. Things not to do, too, which is what I just did before we started recording of not taking things personally. You, you were saying how you wanted to finish the finishing touches in the bathroom. And then I was like, I know I'm just not good at the finishing touches thing. And then you were like, well, my friends did this. And I and I immediately like got triggered. And I was like, 
don't tell me how easy it was for them because it's not for me. You know, and I like took it personally that other people are doing things easily. But it wasn't even I'm about not. the bathroom. I felt like I was telling a completely different know, story about I the panel wall. Hear it. I know. Didn't want to hear it. So don't take it personally, Vito. Other people are good <laughs> at things that you're not, and that's fine. That doesn't, doesn't mean you're less of a person. And it also doesn't mean that you're not good at them. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And that is stuff I'm not good at. I also at. think that you lie to yourself about that. It's not. It's not, I'm not good at it, so... Okay. It's not something I'm upset about. Yeah. It's upset that I keep trying to be good <laughs> at it. <laughs> and it doesn't pan out. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We love you guys. Keep us posted. Let us know how week one went. And um, we'll... Yeah. Keep writing in. We love talking with you guys. Yeah. We'll update you on week two. Bye. Bye. Bye.